I started spending $3,000, $5,000 to go to one, two day, three day workshops. And it was like the biggest hack ever. I was like, no one taught me that if you just spend money, you will call in more money. You know, if you invested in the right things, um, you will bring in more money. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. I am so stoked about this episode today because I've got a young man, I'm going to say, just because I've known him, you know, since, or, I mean, feels like since he was 12, but no, I'm just kidding, Mike. Um, Mike Escorza, we've got a long relationship. As many of you in the audience know, uh, my oldest son is a professional wake surfer. He's got a, a company called Wake Surf School. Um, he was in professional competition. And I'll never forget when Dylan, my oldest son, decided that, you know, he wanted, well, it was kind of both of us. We moved to Arizona and we had just gone to McCall, Idaho, and Dylan showed me this Nautique G23. And he's like, Dad, this is the boat. And honestly, up until then, I had a 2011 Moomba, which was an older boat. It was a nice boat, but my kids weren't really interested. But then that year, Dylan got this bug. And so when we moved to Arizona, uh, him and I kind of as you know, we men tend to do, we convinced his mom that if we could get the same payment, could we get a new boat? We went to Action Water Sports and that's where I met Mike. He was a, a boat salesman and they took us out on a demo. And Mike, this is so brilliant too. The boat industry and Action Water Sports specifically, who's a sponsor of Dylan, um, they send professional athletes out on the demos so that they can kind of, you know, demo to the, the new buyer how not only amazing the boat is, but all these amazing tricks that you can do behind the boat. And so, you know, us as buyers, we're like, man, the boat's beautiful. And, and Dylan's like, oh, I could learn to do all these tricks that, you know, Mike happened to be able to do. And there was another professional athlete there um, and, and just fell in love. And so we ended up buying a Nautique G23 from Mike, which started a long relationship. And if you fast forward to today, um, Mike is not a young man. Well, I guess you're still a young man, but he's not a young boy anymore. And has really just flourished in the sales industry. He became um, one of the top sales guys in the Cardone organization, created his own uh, sales consulting company and has worked inside of uh, businesses really all over, um, teaching business owners how to really implement their sales process. And we're gonna get into this a little bit, but Mike has taught me a lot even as of recently. I've actually uh, hired Mike as a consultant, him and his company, and he's come in and really just revolutionized you know, our sales consulting process. And one of the things that I want to get into today, <laughs> not that, <laughs> one of the things that I want to get into today, you know, I come from a brick and mortar background. And in this day and age, not only has the entire sales process and the way that we present sales to our clients changed, and it's different for different markets, but in this economy, in this day and age, with all the technology and the way things have changed, there's so much more to the sales system than just sitting down at a dinner table and trying to close your client. And Mike has been uh, just an amazing influence um, on our organization. And who knows, we might end up doing uh, some long-term things together. So Mike, thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the introduction. <laughs> yeah. 
And I've known Mike, like I said, for you know quite a while, and I call him Mikey. And we were on an investor call the other day, and I I said the name uh, Mikey, and I was like, man, I have to stop thinking of Mike as a Mikey. But by the way, like there's so many people in my life that call me Mikey still, so it's a term of endearment. No, that, that that's all good. You know, we're all young here. We're movers. We're shakers. Um, yeah, no, it, it's been an awesome relationship, really, since you know the day you guys walked into the dealership that day, and just kind of everything that uh, I've been able to take from you and learn from you over the years. And then, yeah, of course, bringing us to, you know, the relationship that we have today with Wavemark and Valley Sales Co. Um, it's been it's been really awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. Before we jump into it, I would love for you to just give um, the audience just some context, because this is the Investing for Freedom podcast. And a lot of my audience are, you know, successful business owners that are looking for more financial freedom, more time freedom. Uh, they're they're busy professionals, doctors, lawyers, self-employed people. And there's this common theme among the majority of my audience. And I think you were there just recently. And I'm so excited when I see somebody, you know, your age that figures it out that, you know, I don't want to be an employee the rest of my life. So take us through your journey and your awakening, if you will, from, you know, being a sales guy in the boat industry, which there's nothing wrong with. I'm sure you were making a great living to, you know, kind of your awakening, your aha moment, you know, when did you realize that you needed to go do something on your own? And then maybe touch on what that process looked like, the journey with joining Cardone and 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 where you're at today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, you know, my, my the story starts, you know, I, I say I, I have a lot of passion for what I do. And I think the the passion is like really helping people and like being of service to people. And I was having this conversation with my girlfriend recently. Um, she's like, you know, you came from a, a one square mile town, you know, and you came to the city and like, where did all this come from if you weren't involved in it? Because, you know, it came from an, an incredible family. Father was a law enforcement officer. My mom owned her own nail business. And so, you know, median income in a one square mile town, <laughs> you know, uh, you don't have a lot of opportunity to think big. And so, you know, after high school, I'd actually came to Phoenix and um, really just kind of got into the world, you know, found a retail job, um, figured out, you know, hey, you need to make money, you're in the city on your own, and you need to make it happen, you know. And I would say that's probably a gift that I had. Uh, it was just like a work ethic, like a determination, hey, we got to go make something happen, you know, from a very young age. But uh, I, I got into retail stores, um, being a retail associate, you know, I had a gift to gab, I was a pretty personable guy. And um, I actually started working at like a Staples store. Uh, in North Phoenix, upon first getting here for like eight fifty an hour, <laughs> for about eight dollars and fifty cents an hour, and that really kind of taught me sales, honestly. But uh, I worked my way through. I knew that wasn't going to be my career, you know. In Phoenix, um, ended up working my way to a local retailer that sold snow goods, and that's what really got me in the water sports, you know, kind of industry. Is there was a retailer for that and. That was my first experience, I would say, um, getting an opportunity to like sh be like a shopper for people that came and spent lots of money on ski gear and like outfitted their, you know, boats and things like that. And so um, I always led with like a service. I always thought, man, this is such an incredible thing for them to be able to do. Um, I want to be the guy that's like has all the information for them, gives them the best experience, make sure they have all the equipment, make sure this trip goes well, you know. So. Um, Moving kind of fast forwarding to getting in the boat industry, uh, you know, I worked for Action Water Sports and uh, that was 
that was uh, a transition that that I was kind of referred to the position. I had kind of built a name for myself, you could say, in the community of water sports and uh, Action Water Sports was an up and coming dealership. And through some networking and relationships, I had actually gotten um, an interview with these guys and they said, hey, they're an up and coming uh, dealership and they don't have a retail store. That was kind of my background. And so that's how that relationship started. We had a, had a meeting, had an interview, and next thing you know, I was working, you know, at the boat dealership. And um, that was a whole new, you know, a whole new store, a whole new price point of like things that I had never seen before you know, um, ever in my lifetime, you know. So this was about 2013 and, you know, boats were just reaching the six figure point, you know, at that point. So um we were we were a really fast growing company. I was 21 at the time. The owner was 31, and um, there was a lot of opportunity in the marketplace. You know, the owner had actually started his business in 2008. Um, a lot of the dealerships had you know start to go under, and boats were being taken back. And he actually went out on a limb and said, "Hey, I'll open up a, a, a dealership at like a very uncertain time." So it was actually a really good move because manufacturers were actually giving him units saying, hey, yeah, here, take them. So he started that, but he started to have a lot of momentum. And we were carrying really nice brands like Mastercraft boats, Nautique boats. And um, as I progressed through the retail store, kind of got that going and outfitted with products. So people, when they came in and bought boats, they could actually equip their boats with the wakeboards and the life jackets and all the things that you need, you know. Um, and so that started going really well. And how I got into the sales deal is, you know, there was the two owners and they were pretty much doing sales, the only sales there. And there'd be volumes of people coming in and people would start to leave because there was no one to actually help them. And I'm over here in the retail store like, oh, man, there's people coming to the store and they're leaving. You know, this is like awful. This is terrible. So I just really took an initiative. You know, I really took the initiative to say, um, hey. I don't know. I actually work in the retail store, you know, part of this this dealership here. Um, my guys are busy, but maybe I can just help you start answering some questions about some boats and being very transparent. You know, I'm not the expert. I answer what I can. Uh, and if I get that customer to a point that, you know, they were probably serious, then maybe we could set up a time that they could, you know, speak with somebody further. But that's that's really what what sparked, you know, the personal development. I would say versus sales training, the personal development is when that that kind of showed up for me. And I said, man, there's a really cool opportunity here um, that I, that I can take, you know, and the company really, really needed it. And so that's really, I would say, what sparked my interest in personal development and actually like, hey, there's a process to this. You know, there's a process to making sales, making more money, things like that. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I think a lot of owners and probably a lot of the audience that are listening think that, you know, nobody, nobody can do it as good as I do it. Like, I, you know, if I, if I put a young guy like Mike that's in the retail store and, and try to get him to, this is just the mindset that most owners have. And the reality was these people are leaving the store. And so it doesn't matter how good the owner is. If we're losing leads, people went out of their way to come into the store and we have to get through these mind blocks and realize that I, I actually worked, I have not worked. I, my first business partner, we had a consultant in one time and my partner was saying, you know, cause you would train people 
and put a lot of money and time into their training. And then they'd leave, they'd go start their own company or they go work to a, for a competitor. And my business partner actually said, when we had a consultant in one time, he said, you know, I'm just tired of investing in these people and training and spending money on them. And then they just leave. And the consultant said, well, here's the thing. You can, in, you can invest money in people's training and hope they don't leave, or you can not invest in their training and hope that they don't stay. And I was like, oh God, that is like so good, but it's our own limiting beliefs. And it's cool that you worked in a place where number one, you saw the initiative and the need, but number two, they didn't stand in your way. They saw it as an opportunity. And I think a lot of business owners don't get that. Yes, absolutely. Um, that was the opportunity and taking the initiative. And that was exactly it. Um, you know, like I said, I was 21 and the owner was 31. He had a business partner who was a relative of his who was just a few years, you know, let's be honest, older than him. So um, that's actually and like I, I, I tell people, especially younger people all the time that, you know, are maybe going to school for something or in a trade or something like that. You know, in the the idea and the goal is to go work for like a big company, which is, you know, there's benefits to working for big companies. You know what I mean? The insurance, the benefits, the, all these things, which most companies have to have that now. But the goal is always, hey, big corporate company where I always I actually like to encourage, hey, if you can find somebody that's a few years into business, less than five years, they're young, they're motivated, they're hungry, go work for that guy because you will actually see so much behind the scenes and what's actually happening, how the business actually operates. And you will learn so much more and you'll advance in your career so much more. And so that's what really helped me is one, seeing the opportunity and then not getting any resistance from them, like just throwing me in the ring, which is what happens with a lot of salespeople. They get hired and just get thrown in the ring, yeah. you know? And so, so that was, that was, that was an interesting concept for me. And also that's when I learned about becoming and this, I believe I learned this from, you know, the Cardone world is becoming an intrapreneur, mm. intrapreneur, you know, an employee that carries no risk, right? That's the beautiful thing about being a W2 guy. You carry no risk and still be able to be successful, but be able to operate, think, make decisions like a business owner, right? And that makes you extremely valuable because that you as an employee, you're always thinking, hey, how can we, how can we, is this the right decision for the company? Are we maximizing this? If we're ordering a bunch of things and it's costing $10,000, where can we save a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks? You know, and, and as an entrepreneur, as an employee, if you can, if you have these projects, you know, at your fingertips and you're being in charge of them for you to come back to your boss and say, Hey, this is what the task was. And this is actually what I was able to do to kind of manage some risk here, save some money here that is extremely, extremely valuable for a person. And so sometimes when you're working for a new company, you're getting a little bit underpaid. But Grant says, you know, you got to be willing to be underpaid to one day be overpaid. Mm, that's so good, man. That's gold right there. That's money. Yeah, it's, there's two sides to this too. So, you know, the audience is listening that are in ownership. The number one thing, Mike, you and I were talking about this the other day, but I talk to business owners all the time that, you know, they don't need more money. They're making good money. They're really, because so many people think that they want financial freedom that already have it. Like there's actually a Harvard study that was put out, I think maybe 10 years ago that said, you know, it's proven that once people make like $75,000 a year, it might be more than that now with inflation. But once people make, let's say a hundred thousand a year, you're not going to get any more happy. There's a certain level of income that doesn't really change your lifestyle. And for 
you know, the audience and business owners, that might that number might be $250,000, $300,000 a year. But I'm surrounded by a lot of really successful high-earning people that have the money that they need to do the majority of what they want. Maybe they don't have a jet or whatever, but they can go on nice trips. They can take five vacations a year. And people still think like, I need more financial freedom. And what they really want is they want the business to operate without them being in every part of it. And when they do take a vacation, they don't want to be on their phone four hours a day. And what you just said is gold for the business owners, because so many times I talk to business owners and they're like, if I don't do it myself, it doesn't get done. And everybody's an idiot. Well, the reality is you're not just, you know, you're not, you're not at a point where you can attract talent like a young Mike that is driven and motivated and actually wants to be an entrepreneur. So that's, that's one side of the conversation. But the other thing that you said for the audience that is younger, I'm not going to recap what you just said, because it's brilliant. We'll make a video out of it or something, but for the audience that's young, taking that mindset and being an entrepreneur and really taking the ownership and the leadership and not being scared to make mistakes. And, and as you did, you know, you leave the retail side and just jump in the mix. That's what business owners are looking for. They're looking for somebody that shows up and adds so much value to their life that I can't afford not to keep you around. And so, man, that was, that was brilliant on both sides of the coin. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, um, let's talk about maybe the journey from that level of success. And again, you know, I think we kind of framed this already, but you know, you guys were moving a lot of boats. Um, you had a pretty high level of success in that organization. And again, shout out to Action Water Sports because they're a sponsor of my son. Um, we live in Austin now, but there's an Action Water Sports in Dallas and they still are very supportive. So again, shout out to Action Water Sports. Um, they actually have a um, online store so you can buy any kind of product and stuff that you want from them. But um, love these guys. So tell me about the journey from you obviously uh, achieved a level of success through personal development, um, right place, right time, being super motivated. Um, but what did the journey look like? Because everybody wants to quit their job. And, you know, I'm a I'm of the school of thought that maybe the job isn't the problem. Maybe the business isn't the problem. Maybe it's the mindset. Um, but you obviously got to a point where you're like, there's something more out there for me. So I want to hear, you know, was there one awakening moment where the sky opened up or was it a series of events that led you to this? How did you get to leave that job and do what you're doing today? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, um, it's th this, this, what I'm doing now has actually been uh, kind of a long time coming, you know, and um, I would say 20 by 2019, is when I initiated, you know, hey, I want to get licensed with Cardone. I want to step further into this environment. It's actually when the opportunity to partner up with Cardone came about. So in 2018, um, you know, I'd been in this business now for 2018. I was 27 years old. And uh, I still remember this. It, I say it took me 27 years to make my first six figures. And I made my first six figures at 27 years old. But um, that year... I was again starting to look look for more, you know. As I've I've been a very high level athlete, very extremely competitive growing up in all sports, and when you start to show up and it feels like your job is like ridiculously easy, you know, you if you're a person a competitive person, you want to be challenged, you know, you really want to be challenged, even if it's very very difficult, you know, like that's 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 me. I, I really enjoy that. So um, I knew that. That there was an opportunity Cardone was actually hiring for more sales reps. And I actually 
went and did an interview with them and how they do all their interviews to say, send us a 60 second video of why you need to work for us. And then maybe you get an interview or maybe you get a call. And so that's, that's what I did. And I actually ended up getting an interview with these guys and going through the interview process and basically to the point that, Hey, you know, we've got a phone for you if you want to come up to Miami, Florida. And the trajectory of the business that I was in, the trajectory of just my personal development, my growth, my income was, was just, it, it was parabolic, you know? And so I said, I had become so intimate, like with the business that I was in, that I really felt like I was leaving my business, you know? And so I struggled with that a little bit. And I said, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to keep pushing on this thing that we've got going over here. And, but it was like, you know, a confidence boost, like, Hey, these are some elite salespeople. You just made it through one of their interviews. Right. So I'm like, cool. That, that was a big win for me. Well, 2019, one year later, within that year, I started going to Cardone uh, events, workshops. That was another thing. That same year, I started spending $3,000, $5,000 to go to one, two-day, three-day workshops. And it was like the biggest hack ever. I was like, no one taught me that if you just spend money, you will call in more money. You know, If you invested in the right things... Um, you will bring in more money. So I would I was spent a year going to a lot of events, um, training, seminars, things like that with these guys. And then by 2019, they had released a partnership program where you know Grant's mission is to impact eight billion people, and he can't do it himself. He physically can't. You know, he goes to many countries year in and year out, traveling all over the place, engagements, speakings, trainings. Um, he just can't touch everybody. So the idea was create a license program where we can train people to go deliver the content that has worked for so many business owners and so many corporations, which things like Cardone University, sales workshops, things like that. So opportunity came up to to do that. And I said, you know what, that's something with that is probably going to be my future. And so I invested in the program. I you know, commit first, figure out the rest later. I was still fully involved in my my business that I was in, you know, uh, but I did it. I invested in, I said, I'm going to hold on to this. This is now just a tool in my tool, in my tool belt. And as I continue to grow and, and scale my own endeavors here, like this is going to come to fruition. So it, it took probably to 20, end of 2021. So it was like two years of still operating, having success in the boat dealership to making the decision um, hey, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And I'll tell you what, what it was is because, you know, Grant talks a lot about some people will leave their, their job for something better um, when they really weren't even maximizing the potential that they had in their, in their original job. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but grass is always greener, right? For people, they want to go chase the shiny thing. Maybe that will be the better opportunity. And sometimes it is the case, but most of the time people aren't pushing on their true potential inside of their own in the business that they're in or the job that they're in yeah i'm curious i kind of have two directions i want to go here but i'm curious if there was you know one or two or three aha moments um that you could kind of drive down on um where you just stopped and said whoa like i need to do something different yeah that, that that was kind of where i was going with that is you can only sell so many boats i had actually seen the ceiling of how many boats I could physically sell, how many places I could physically be, how many customers I could take out, how many demonstrations I could physically do. I got to the point where I would pay another sales associate to go do those demos that I took you on. 
man, here's a healthy amount of money. I got to stay here. I got to make some more sales, split my commission, whatever. You know, I, I started thinking in just terms of volume. And this is kind of, I think, what helped me think again as an entrepreneur, but also like as a business owner, I was giving up commissions, money to people to go do services for me so I could continue to do the thing that was making me all the money, right? So that that was it right there. And and sometimes the owners would be like, guys, you don't you don't have to pay these guys. You know what I mean? Well, we'll just get them to go out there or you don't have to pay the mechanic $600 to stay two hours after work. But, but I didn't care. I did not want anything coming in between me, getting the customer's boat delivered and ultimately, you know, making good income, making a good commission, you know, so I can save and store money for my future endeavors so I could take care of my family so I could go on vacation so I could do all these things all these things I was still doing you know but ultimately that that's that's really what it was for me is I actually met the ceiling and so I said okay I've continued to make the same amount of money for the last you know three years which is good money you know plenty of money for a single guy right <laughs> um and and I said, this is it. And there's really no better time. Sometimes you just have to take the leap, you know, and 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 hope that you've got enough resources, right, to weather whatever storm you're about to go through. Because I think any business center is like, yeah, I remember my first year starting business, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've talked to so many business owners. And here's the number one thing that I've come back to with business owners when we think about investing in kind of like that ceiling. Because there's a lot of business owners that would find themselves at the same point that you did. You were at the ceiling. You were the bottleneck. There was only so many more boats that you could sell. And so many owners, I've, I've actually, I had this uh, realization a while back. I talk to owners that want to get into real estate. And I say to them all the time, look, if you found a property and I told you you could invest $100,000 into a property and it was going to pay you $15,000 a year net clear, would you make that investment? And they're like, yeah, like that's a no brainer. That's a 15% return. But then I talk to the same business owner and I'm like, they think they want more financial freedom, but a lot of times what they're looking for is there's some ceiling, there's some limit. And I ask them the same question. If you invested $100,000 in your business in a sales process or a consultant or an employee that would make you an extra $15,000 a year, would you do that? And most of them pause and they think, no, nah, that's not a good return on, on, a, on an investment. And I'm like, this is such an interesting parallel because we would make that investment all day long on a house, but we won't make it on bringing in a sales consultant or bringing in an employee. And there's something wrong with our mindset. And part of that is because, you know, if I buy a, a, a single family rental house, it, within, you know, plus or minus 5%, I can pretty much guesstimate, you know, the returns that that thing's going to provide me. But with an employee, there's a lot of variables. And so it's making sure as business owners, we just don't know how to quantify whether the consultant is going to bring that return or whether the employee is going to bring that return. And so it's an interesting parallel because you saw that limit in your own life and you started de uh, deploying the same methodology. And, you know, instead of me going out to a lake and doing a demo, I could save four hours and maybe sell one more boat. But it's the same thing. You're investing in other people and it's 600 bucks. Like you could, you could make a, I don't even know what your commission was, but you could make a $12,000 commission or whatever by staying in the building and following through with one more sale. So that's the number one thing that I think I've come back to with, you know, business owners is they see this limit, they see the ceiling, but they don't know how to get through it because they don't know how to be a better leader. They don't know how to hire consultants or employees. And so therefore we don't put the same value on that level of investment that we would like a single family property. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, and, and here's the thing. There's what I like to say to a lot of people is it, you said no one can do it like me, you know, because people have been running their business for 20, 30 plus years, you know, and the problem is that's that's one not scalable, you know, and there also is no money in you training people. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's there's no money in that. There, and there's not even any money in it for the general manager, sales manager. Their their job is to go produce, drive revenue, hold people accountable, you know, find creative ways. Owners are supposed to be out networking, right? Developing relationships, partnerships, and things like that. So that's really the advantage of a consultant is you you come in, you come in with clear targets. And and I think that could it, what I've learned as well, obviously the more business owners I talk to, yeah, you know. We talk about, hey, what are your concerns? You know, we we like asking people, what are your concerns about something like this? Is a lot of people have hired trainers, consultants, and not really gotten any kind of results, you know? And I think that is from from people, maybe consultants, and maybe that's the program, maybe that's the scope. But I think a lot of trainers, consultants, they're like, hey, here's here's the PDFs, you know, and then like good luck. Where um my edge, I, I feel in this industry is, hey, here's the content, here's the material, and I'm going to get in the ring with you guys, mm. right? And I'm going to get in the ring with you guys for 30, 60, 90 days and and really be with you guys every bit of the way, you know? So, and then as, as a trainer, a consultant, I'm starting to come up with my own metrics to be able to support what we do, because that's the thing about training and consulting. It's not a tangible, you know, it's not tangible. Right. Um, you sometimes you actually start start developing people and doing really well. And then things just start going well. And they're like, oh, we don't need the training. We're, we're killing it. You know, when that is actually the thing that got, you know, you to that level. So um, that that's a whole other thing. But yeah. Yeah. So small minded business owner, this is such a great uh, point that Mike makes here. And I alluded to this earlier with my partner that was like, well, what if I train the people and they leave? And the consultant said, well, what if you don't train them and they stay? I remember, you know, even talking to my partner and he would, you know, if we saw somebody that was motivated or we got any wind that they wanted to start their own company, you know, even if somebody said, hey, in five years, I'd love to have my own company. My partner would be like, we got to get rid of this person. And I've even talked to friends that are very successful that run masterminds at this point in time. I literally heard this two years ago from a guy that I really look up to that said, do not hire people in your organization that want to be entrepreneurs because you're going to invest a lot of time in them and they're going to leave. And I've never been that guy. I would rather have two years with a a Micah Scorza or five years with a Micah Scorza. If you gave me two years, and even if I knew that you're going to leave after two years, I would take those two years with a guy like you over 10 years with somebody that was just complacent and just wants to clock in at eight and clock out at five like that's so, but so many business owners don't get this and it's a mindset problem. And I hear it actually all the time out of business owners' mouths. And I would much rather have two years with a guy like you. In fact, I hired a mutual friend. I think, you know, Tyler Gunter, I hired him as a CEO of our mobile home park organization in maybe 2018 or 2019. And he said to me, I'll give you two years. He's like, I need a reset. I'll give you two years, but I'm moving on. Dude, I'll take that two years all day long with a very clear like pathway. Tyler, get in here, do X, Y, Z, train a regional manager, train your replacement. 
But that's the number one thing that I see, just the small-minded business owners that don't know how to get out of their own way. And they hit those ceilings. And really, if you don't replicate yourself, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, there, there has to, to be that consistency. And that's why we're seeing, you know, I think we might talk about a little bit about this later. That's why people are just hanging up, hanging up the keys. You know, is yeah. because there's not really the system. They've been hiring, they've been firing. Like hiring people is expensive. You know, so that's why like retaining people, it's worth investing in, you know, yeah. and people usually, as you know, labor is, is, is a problem, you know, especially in sales and, and most people that are doing really well in their sales job and they're making money, they love it. And they're usually doing well because they're good at it. Yeah. You know? And so, so people jump into sales jobs, they get hired on for sales jobs and, and they're really held to a pretty high standard, but don't actually have, you know, the right resources, the right trainings to be able to support this person so they can be successful, so they can make more sales, so they can drive revenue, set more appointments, whatever that is, you know, whatever their job is. Um, you know, when you're successful at work, you're excited. You want to show up the next day. You want to continue doing it, right? Yeah. Here's another top mindset problem that I see with business owners and have thought about this for a while. So, so many times you'll hear a business owner say, there, there's a, a phrase in the self-development world that all of us probably know. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And everybody's always like, how do I find five more people? How do I get around smarter business owners? How do I get better peers? But I had this revelation probably in the mid-teens, 2015-ish, where you're asking that question all the time, you know, how do I up my average? But the question that I kind of rephrased was, if I found five people that were further along, more successful than me, why would they let me into their world? So I started asking the question, like, who do I have to become in order to be uh, in these people's world? Because if it's true that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, why would those people let me in their world if I'm going to drag their average down? And so I started thinking along those terms, but so many business owners can't find good help. You can't find good people. Nobody wants to work hard. And at the end of the day, as business owners, we have to present the energy, the vision, there's actually a scripture in Malachi that says, present the vision and make it plain so that he who reads it may run with it. If we're not presenting the vision, we're not bringing the energy, and we're not encouraging people to be the best version of themselves, then no wonder you're surrounded by knuckleheads. It's like, like knows like. If you're a freaking knucklehead, then you're going to be surrounded by knuckleheads. And, you know, so many of us, like I said, we're looking at that, you know, how do I increase my average? Well, how do I become the person that I need to be to attract top talent? One of my early uh, territory reps told me in the HVAC industry, she said, you know, you have to always be hiring. And the people that you want to hire, they're not unemployed. They're working for somebody else. So you have to attract them in a way that you can see. And you kind of talked about this earlier. Like, what's the next level projection? What's the opportunity for them? Because they're not going to leave an organization where they're happy and come to work for you if it's just about a dollar. In fact, people that leave one job to go to another one for a dollar, that they're they're going to leave that same job a year from now. What most people like Mike that I want to work with and that I want to attract, they're looking for, you know, an organization that's going to encourage them and and that they can grow in and they see opportunity. Even you keep talking about the entrepreneur, and so many entrepreneurs and business owners are scared of the entrepreneur because they think that they're going to learn some secret, some secret sauce. Most of us don't have a freaking secret sauce. And that's what I love about Grant Cardone. And I'll kind of pivot with this. I mean, he's given us his secret sauce to the whole world. I'm sure there's more on the inside. But what are a few of the things that you've learned 
that you might want to share, you know, being a partner with Grant Cardone? Um, man, what are some of the things? It's uh, Grant, Grant, it really helped me, you know, from a very foundational level. You know, there's probably so many quotes and phrases that I could say, but um, that that has really helped me in a sense of being in the environment with them and like going to headquarters is seeing it in real life. You know, when we see Grant, that's, that's what I would say the biggest thing is like seeing it's in real life. A lot of people see Grant on the jet, on the wing and the rolls, you know what I mean? Getting attention. Um, But I would say that's one of the things that's had probably the bigger impacts on me joining with him, you know, is being in that environment with those guys, seeing Cardo Enterprises, how that company operates the systems and the processes that they have in place. And ultimately those are the things that I learned after being licensed with them. You know, I I go there every quarter and we do the same thing, you know, over and over. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's been one of the the biggest things. And then Grant says, you know, it takes, it, it, it doesn't, it takes courage to make money. Hmm. You know, like, like it takes courage to make money and, and starting a business is like very, very extremely difficult, you know? So I would say the stuff that I've learned is like kind of the, the trenches of grant, you know what I mean? Like, man, starting a business is hard. Yeah. You know, um, trying to grow a business where you have no leads, you know, you just know how to pick up a phone and call somebody, you know, that's like a very, very difficult thing to do. So, um, I would say that's just a way that I related with grant a lot you know, over the years, first finding him as a 24 year old sales guy, you know, wanting to learn more, I I really took to the way he delivered his message, very cut, dry, straightforward. This is the target. This is what we got to do to go get there. Let's go get it, you know. Um, So I'm not sure if any of that kind of made sense. But those are some of the things, you know, that that I really took took away. There was nothing like, you know, really like positive and exciting, you know, about it or inspiring. It's just like, Hey, this, these are the resources. These are the tools that you will need, you know, to make it happen inside of your business. And that's why I love it. Very kind of like military structure, you know? Yeah. And I imagine, you know, another big issue with business owners, like one of the main ones in their organization, you know, even if we go to training and even if we get an idea in our head until we become the person um, that actually knows how to do that and emanates it. I know some other guys that are, you know, pretty entrenched in the Cardone organization. And I imagine when you walk in there, this isn't just them talking about a system or a process. They live it, the energy's there. Um, And that's the big difference, I think, that separates those that make it happen and those that don't. Anybody can read a book. Anybody can get some talking points. But if you don't emanate that and become that at your core and actually build that out in the organization, you'll never attract the talent that we're talking about and I've never been inside of his organization, but again, I know multiple people that are, you know, pretty, pretty high up there. And I imagine that's a pretty energetic organization. There's a lot happening there, right? It is. I mean, you know, we're always talking about doing more, you know, you walk into that room and, you know, everyone is is doing more, you know, and that's what's really inspiring. And that's when I go back there every quarter, that's what we see, you know, you're like, man, am I really pushing on this thing like I could, you know? And so that that also is the importance of having a team. You know, it's like having that culture, that environment around you, you know, starting a business on your own could be, could be kind of lonely, especially if you are a team guy come from, you know, all of your career has been around people, you know, um, that can be very difficult. So if you do have a team, you know, it's important for it to be, to be just like structured, you know what I mean? 
at 8.05 every single morning, they're, the whole sales team is in a meeting. You know, 8.05 to 8.15. You know, 8.15 to 8.45, they're training on Cardone University. You know, 8.45 to uh, 8.55, they're going live role play with each other back and forth because we don't want to practice on the customer. Mm-hmm. Right? It's so, it's so expensive to practice on the customer. You spend all these all this money, all these resources on these leads, and then, you know, you got peanut butter in your mouth after the long weekend and you blow it. You know, so... Um, very, very structured. And, and and that's the way you're able to measure things. So good. Let's transition a little bit because I brought you in as a sales consultant on our capital raising side. And it's been a great experience. And one of the things as you were doing some sales training the other day, you were talking about, and I've heard this phrase before again, but there's a difference as business owners hearing a phrase and then understanding it. Um, I've heard the phrase that money is in the follow-up. And one of the problems with business owners is, you know, a lot of times business owners have one of two problems. They either don't have enough leads or they have too many leads to actually nurture. And you talked a little bit in some sales training about, you know, how many closes or like how many follow-ups it actually takes to close. And I don't think most business owners understand this because again, we think sales, I'm going to hire a sales trainer like Mike, and he's going to come in and teach me some tactics when I'm sitting at the table to close the deal, which may be true. That's part of the training. But also, I think it's so much more than that, because again, we have one of two problems. We either don't have enough leads or we have, we're not farming the leads that we currently have. And that's one of my big epiphanies bringing you in, you know, whether it's getting the CRM installed, it's, it's putting, which we had a CRM, but getting it and using it, you are a pit bull when it comes to like taking notes so that the next person, even me, if it's my own like customer and I talked to him two weeks ago. I don't remember exactly what we said. And I think so many business owners think that sales training and a successful sales organization is just how many people we close. Well, that is the ultimate like badge. But at the end of the day, I've learned from you just working through the consulting process and joining our team. There's so much more to it than just that. You want to touch on that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think, I think, you know, to touch on that, it's, it's, it's really communication. Like you have to know people. You know, you have to to really understand people. Um, this past year, I feel like I've been telling a lot of my clients, you know, this is the year of just communication, mm-hmm. like authentic communication, genuine communication. Do you feel like you're the best product, the best service, the best retailer, the best store, dealership, whatever? Yeah, you're great. Do you feel like you give amazing service, you know, to your clients and you love them and you take care of them? Yeah. Okay. When's the last time you called one of them? Oh. So like, how, how much do you really love your people? You know what I mean? How much in communication are you? Because um, I, I feel like people have become, you know, the consumer has become very, ad, we've become like very ad immune, like immune to ads. They're not as exciting anymore. Um, we want just more of like a genuine connection, you know, mm. even if we are selling something, you know, the approach has to be very genuine and it's just so you have to know people, you know, uh, like we were talking about, and the text messages that we're starting to send, you know, outbound to some of these people versus, you know, being very wordy and lengthy, you know, like think about how we communicate with each other over text. It's just normal conversation. Um, you know, it, I, I think of things like ping pong, right? Back and forth. We're just getting in communication. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times in our mind, whether it's a business owner or salesperson or whatever on our team, 
It's like, how do I throw so much information at them that I can get everything at once because we want to hit that lead and it's a numbers game. And, but rather than, you know, we don't want to have that authentic back and forth, build the relationship. I'm not saying we don't genuinely want to, but sometimes it becomes a system and a process. And what I hear you saying is it needs to become an authentic relationship. And that's where that ping pong comes back in. Now you, you were sending some communication to our team this morning and I saw that. I saw it's just short little, if you send me something on Instagram or, you know, I sign up for a text thing and it's like, I can tell immediately when somebody slides into my DMs and they're like, Hey, I see you're a successful business owner. You know, what are you working on in your health? I, dude, I can see you from a mile away. Like you want to sell me coaching services because you think I'm fat. Um, like it's such a problem. And rather than, Hey, why don't you just take the time to get to know me over the next week or two or three and actually follow me? Or you get the DM that's like, and this is like the extreme cases, but they're like, oh, we're a beauty brand. We do women's lipstick and we want you to be a, an inf. I'm like, I'm a guy. Like you're doing yeah, well, well, yeah. <laughs> and, and to your point, like we're so bombarded today by that type of message that I so relate to what you're saying on take the time and just spend a few minutes and get to know your client. Yeah, absolutely. And, and all this, you know, like I was saying, hey, oh, man, a lot of Mike, a lot of these things that we're going to be doing in the CRM, they're going to be kind of redundant. You know, what I mean, we're going to be like going through, we're going to be digging through stuff. But that stuff is so valuable, you know what I mean, for the, the sales development rep or whoever the appointment setter to be doing that kind of stuff and asking quality questions, you know, what I mean, like we talked about on the phone call in the greeting, things like that, because what you're doing is was you're getting the most out of your lead. Right. You're one getting the most out of your lead, but also what's happening when you can do this the right way is you're building a customer profile. Mm. Right. Yeah. You're really discovering, you know, a lot about them, whether it be personally, professionally, you know, what they're interested in, what they're motivated by, um, things like that, you know, and in in our space, what we're doing, right, which is capital raising for, you know, manufactured housing. Um, you know, you, you want a relationship with these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to be able to build that trust, but not a lot of people want to invest the time in doing that. They want to pick up the lead. Hey, you hit the site. Yay or nay. You know, no. Okay. Click. I'm going to go call someone that maybe did, you know, when, when you just invest five, six minutes and trying to ask quality, good, relevant questions, you know, I feel like some people are, are, you know, think that, that you have to, you know, be in genuine, right? I feel like asking people on a cold call, if you're looking for an appointment, if you're looking for something, if you're asking them, hey, how are you doing? Like you didn't call them to find out how they were doing. And they had a really bad day. <laughs> you know, so so like, you know, get get into the call, get to the point. Anyway, I'm kind of going off track here, but. No, it's good. I love it. Um, I'm curious. We have seven minutes left. This man, time flies when you're having fun. Oh, yeah. Um. I'm just curious from the outside, um, what are some of the things with your, you know, background in sales and your journey as you've kind of joined us on the capital raising front, the manufactured housing space? Um, we're talking about doing some more stuff with a partnership on, you know, buying HVAC companies. What are some of the things that that you've seen uh, coming into the organization that, that you're excited about? Yeah. Did you say within the HVAC space, you said? Or, or manufactured housing, just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so, you know, Wavemark specifically, um, I was really happy to take on the project because I'm a firm believer in the space. 
You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm really about believing, obviously, in the companies and the services that I'm going to be helping with. You know, I think that's a big part of, of what I do. But I'm really personally excited about it because, one, as a sales guy coming up, before I took all the money I made and invested it into starting a business, um, that was my intention, you know, of, of being a sales guy and getting better and increasing my income was to invest in some sort of real estate, you know. And um, I never knew about the mobile home park space really until I, you know, I met you several years ago. And um, over the years, you know, and the more I've learned about investments, real estate, the financial markets, the stock markets, money markets, um, the more I understand about investments, um, I understand that real estate manufactured housing is an incredible asset to be in, an extremely safe, secure asset, you know, mobile home parks. And the offer that, that you know, Wavemark has right now, 12 to 14% annual returns, 12 or 24 months. I mean, that's incredible. And so that's really what excites me. I think um, this is, you know, a, a, a good investment for a lot of people right now. Um, you and I, we talk about a lot what's happening kind of in the markets and, and with people's money right now, where things are going. So that's what excites me the most about it is it actually is a valuable concept that will benefit people, you know. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, let's let's shift energy a little bit. What I mean, you're you're kind of an optimist by nature and and there's a lot of negativity out there in the world right now, but you know, I haven't been I haven't spent a minute around you where there was any level of like negativity. So, I want to take the opportunity with all the negativity going on in the world. What are you excited about? What do you think the future looks like and where can the audience like kind of shift their energy around some of this you know me personally kind of what am i looking looking forward to yeah yeah you know I, i'm really at a time right now where i'm in my second year of business um on a personal level man i've got an incredible girlfriend with, with an incredible family um you know things have been honestly really difficult like i said man starting business is difficult so i'm looking forward to i just got in my second year you know, I'm finally really making some money. So those are some things that I'm I'm excited about. My my relationship, my personal relationships are going extremely well. Um, the last few months has just been on an awesome, you know, trajectory, you know, with momentum, things like that. So um, you know, I'm really ex I, I've truly taken day by day. You know, um I it's I like to look far in the future, but I like to make the most out of what's happening in this moment, you know. But as far as Aside from just, you know, success, my business, you know, my personal relationships, um, you know, those going really well. I'm excited about uh, learning more about industries. You know, I started my business um, because boats were my, you know, second language. I started my business going to boat dealers and saying, hey, I can help your sales team. So um, since then, I've diversified a little bit. Um, I'm in Phoenix, you know, Scottsdale, Arizona, one of the largest cities with a ton of industry in it. And so I've started to scale into other industries, um, uh, construction and architecture, engineering. You know, these are all people that have agencies, firms um, that are hiring new young talent just out of school that are very smart or capable, but don't necessarily have, you know, the skills to pick up the phone, set appointments, things like that. So that's really what I'm looking forward to is, is branching into, into new sectors, industries, uh, obviously real estate. Capital investing, capital raising like that is another thing that, you know, I just got introduced with you guys that I'm extremely excited about. And I know there's a, a huge future in the projects that Wavemark uh, has going. 
And so I'm on board, man. I'm really excited to what we're doing together. Sweet. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, two minutes. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Because things are changing fast, man. Um, and there's a lot of business owners with their head in the clouds or stuck in the mud. Um, what do you think is the greatest opportunity for, you know, this is a generalized comment, but for business owners in general, when it comes to sales and revenue generation over the next couple of years? And then lastly, where can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest opportunity is in training and development. Investing capital into training your people and making sure that they have the resources to be successful. I call so many businesses and I say, hey, what's your sales process? And they really don't have one. Mm. You know, they, they really don't have a book that they give once they hire somebody that says, hey, here's, you know, the overscope of our business, the process that we take them through. So that's that's something that I discovered. But I would say that's going to be the biggest opportunity. There's a lot of young people that need to get into the labor force. There's a lot of awesome business owners that have great concepts, amazing companies, and um, they need to train those people to be successful and to take over their roles. Yeah, that's good. So if people are interested in just following you or finding Valley Sales Consulting, where do they go? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me uh, most active on Instagram. Uh, I'm Mike Escorza on Instagram. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or just type Mike Escorza into the Google machine. I've got lots of material on me out there. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I love it, man. Well, thanks for being on the show. Look forward to wherever our partnership takes us. Um, I'm excited about it. And you know, just having known you over the years and all you've done for not just, you know, me, but my family, my son, it's been amazing. And I feel like we have a lot more to accomplish. So I'm excited about it. Excellent. And thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to the future. Cheers. Thanks. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you'd take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.